welcome to the Tales of Teaching podcast, a place where I hope you can find inspiration, creativity, and most importantly, someone to relate to. Teaching can be tough, as I'm sure you know, so I'm hoping this can be a space where we can motivate one another to take teaching to a whole new level. What is up, my fine teacher friends? (laughs) I was going to say happy Tuesday, but it's actually Wednesday, and I greatly apologize, but our school is getting ready to do our talent show, and I'm actually on the committee for our talent show, so I've been working with cutting the music, running rehearsals, and all that junk, and so I kind of had to push this back a day. I apologize, but hopefully you're still excited about getting a little bit of Tales of Teaching in this week. So, Welcome to episode 13. Um, On this episode, I'm going to be talking about student-led conferences. This is something I get asked about all the time. Um, And I don't know about you guys, but conferences are kind of coming up for me. We do ours the week before Thanksgiving break. And I, with this type of conference, you kind of almost need to do a tiny bit of prep work. And so if you were interested in making it work in your classroom this year, I wanted to kind of give you guys some time to um, apply it. So if you are ready, let's go ahead and dive right in. So first of all, I'm going to go ahead and say this because I'm pinching myself because I don't believe it's true. But how is it already the time of the year where we're thinking about parent conferences like I was just thinking the other day like ooh, I need to start making sure I have all my assessments and stuff done to kind of gauge where the kids are and gal it's almost the end of October how in the world is it already the end of October I haven't even thought about my Halloween costume and Halloween is my favorite time of the year I could not even tell you what I'm going as this year for school (laughs) I couldn't tell you if I'm doing anything for Halloween just in my private life I'm just a hot mess express. So I'm going to kind of break this down into three separate categories, how I prepare my students, the conference itself, and kind of the perks I see um, with doing student-led conferences. So starting with how I prepare my students. So the best way to make these run as smooth as possible, you guys, and to kind of put more of the accountability on the student is to make sure you kind of do a lot of prep work um, to begin with. And it doesn't take a lot. And one of the number one things that has kind of helped me kind of stay on track and has helped the kids um, have something to gauge off of when they're running their assessments is to do data tracking. And even if you guys do not do student-led conferences, I feel like data tracking is so important for your students because it allows them to not just kind of throw their tests under the rug and forget about it. They're tracking them and seeing their growth. And if they're not seeing growth, they make goals. And so I just think it's a good habit for students to make in the early years of elementary because once they get to the more independent levels, such as middle school, high school, college, well, you better be tracking that stuff because your teachers really aren't going to have as much time to track as much as say your elementary school teachers. So the first thing I do is I just kind of print off like kind of like little graphing sheets um, and I have a sheet per uh, per subject. So I'll have one for all of our math, our big unit math assessments. I'll have one for our writing page. I'll have one for our reading fluency. I have one for kind of our science grades. And I don't really do one for a social studies project because those um, for social studies, I actually do project-based learning. 
And these are pretty simple to kind of get started because honestly, you guys, I just have the kids keep these in a folder and we pull them out each time we finish a test and each time they get their scores back, we'll go in and graph it. And so it's not like it's done, you know, right before conferences. Oh shoot, we better graph all this data. It's kind of as you're going so that the kids are kind of seeing, are they improving? Are they getting the goals that they want? And something that's kind of a useful tool is I will have the kids kind of make goals for themselves for the next test. So say we just took unit two, I would have them look at it. They'd graph what they got on the test and then I would have them um, make goals for next time. So, okay, you got an 80% on unit two. What's a smart goal you can make for unit three? And obviously, if you got a 60%, you're not going to shoot for the moon and go for 100. I call them smart goals. So, right, smart goals are going to be the ones that are attainable. Um, they have a time limit and it's something, yeah, that you can easily attain. Um, so if you got a 60, I might try to aim for maybe a 75 because 75 is going to be passing. Um, and so, and kind of, kind of go up from there a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And I kind of have them kind of write things that they can do to reach those goals. So, okay, if I don't understand something, I'm going to make sure to ask Mrs. Hartwick. Um, I'm going to make sure to practice my math fluency. I'm going to make sure to check to make sure my homework's done um, and make sure my answers are maybe checked by my parent. And so they kind of make goals for at home and at school and we kind of go through these things and we kind of just pull them out every now and then just to make sure they're kind of, um, I guess, staying on track. So <clears throat> that part kind of gets done for you. The kids do it all. I have them put it in their special little data tracking folder. And then I just kind of, what's nice too, guys, is for conferences, I just pull those folders out. All the data is already there for me. It's already ready for the kids to practice with. And I really don't have to pull anything um, together. So about maybe a week before conferences, I always have my students kind of practice. Um, I'm going to call it a quote unquote script. <laughs> it's kind of like a graphic organizer or a page that I give my students. And um, I will throw this on my website um, as one of my freebies kind of in if you're a site member um, where all my files are. And it's just kind of very simple. It'll, it kind of goes along the lines of welcome to our conference. Um, first, I want to meet, I want to introduce everybody. So I have them kind of introduce everybody at the table and it's, it's just kind of fun and cute. Um, so they introduce me to their parents, their parents to me, and then they kind of talk about like how now we're going to go ahead and get started. And I'm going to walk you through my assessments, my grades, and my goals for this year and how I'm going to attain them. And so what they do, and it's kind of the perfect way to kind of walk through a conference. So they, they walk through kind of how they're doing in each subject and it's what's nice about the data tracking you guys is they already have kind of the goals already written out and so they walk through they'll talk about what they're how they're doing in math um what their next goals are and how they're going to obtain that at school and at home um just so they know that they're working at the goal and so the parents are familiar with what those goals are and kind of how they can help um and so the way that I have them practice, you guys, is I kind of I call them academic partners and what I simply do is I kind of just look at my grade book I look at my grades and I kind of pull together students that have very similar levels. So they're doing about the same in pretty much every subject so that they feel comfortable kind of sharing what and how they're doing. And I tell them too, if there's ever little things you feel uncomfortable sharing, you're more than welcome to skip over it. My kids are pretty, pretty comfortable with how they're doing though. Um, so they go through, um, 
they read their little script off and I have it on a piece of paper. Some kids memorize it. It's pretty, pretty self-explanatory and some kids like to just kind of have it in front of them. So they practice with their partner. So partner A will start going through their conference and then once they're done, partner B kind of gives them um, feedback and things to work on and how the pacing should be and such and then they'll switch and then partner A will give partner B feedback. And so I feel as though it kind of gives the kids an idea of like how the conference is going to be, um, how quickly maybe they should be talking what types of things they should be including what types of things maybe should they just leave out um, and i feel as though they kind of feel a little bit more uh, more comfortable it's also nice kind of for me having this so organized and like i was telling you there's kind of a lot of prep work to making the student-led conferences successful and this is kind of that talent is kind of prepping the kids for it making sure they feel comfortable giving them the tools that they need to be successful and so once they went ahead and practiced, they kind of feel comfortable. The parents have signed it for the dates. Um, I then go ahead and I will put their script in with their data tracking folder. This is basically kind of like the conference folder, but it's our data tracking folder. And what I'll do then is I kind of group the folders by the dates and I put them in order of the times the parents are going. So I'll have my Monday, my, my Monday pile, my Tuesday pile, Wednesday pile, and so on. And what's nice about this is I have kind of all the kids information ready to go. Um, I kind of can just pull what's up top and I know that that's the next parent that's going and I don't really have to prep anything beforehand. And really guys, if you kind of run these successfully, you pretty much are just kind of the mediator. You're there to kind of maybe clarify so many questions that the, that the parent might have. Um, and it just kind of is, it's sweet just to kind of see it run by the student and just for them to kind of take accountability for, for their learning. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you a quick little tip. One of my favorite ways to remind parents of their conference that's coming up. So um, I actually have my parents sign up on a Google Sheets. All I do is I just kind of lay out the times and the dates available. I blast it out via email and Google Classroom and I just have the parents kind of sign their name next to the time. Um, I know Sign Up Genius is also another really great one. Um, it works pretty much the same. You just kind of blast out the link. Parents will sign up for the appropriate dates and times and, and that's that. Um, so what I do is I have like kind of like almost like a little long strip of like a little reminder. And what I do is I kind of loop it around like the little handle of everyone's backpacks. And then I just staple the two ends of the paper together. So it's kind of almost like a little bracelet around, um, the backpack the backpack handle and what's nice is it's usually like a neon green or a neon yellow and it's just nice because like the first thing the kids go do when they come home is kind of tear that off right and give it to their parents and so it's not shoved in their backpack it's out it's there the parents are look at it and think what is this and it kind of catches their eye um by doing this i've never had a single parent miss a conference um and it's just kind of run really smoothly something really easy to do um i've also seen too where teachers like kind of make like little bracelets that the kids will wear when they go home it's like a little paper bracelet um and that's like a quick easy reminder as well um so that's kind of really all the the prep work and how i prepare my students and kind of how i prepare myself um like i said the more organized you are the the better so now we're going to go ahead and kind of jump into kind of maybe what the conference looks like and again i'm not going to really go too too in detail because obviously for like privacy reasons but i can kind of give you kind of a layout of the land so what happens is so i i have my folder ready um and the only thing that i really add to the folder you guys is obviously the report card um and that's kind of something that i leave for the very end to kind of talk about because it's really for the most part reflecting what's in this the state of 
folder. Um, so I have the students start start off. They they introduce everybody at the table. They go through their folder. Um, they're leading the parent and I kind of through each of their subjects how they're doing, how they're feeling about that. If there's, it's, if it's a subject they're not doing so hot in, what are some goals that they're going to do? Um, and even the students that are doing above, we kind of talk about things that they can do to kind of maybe challenge themselves or extend their learning, which, you know, that's kind of hard from kids. Some kids always complain that they're bored in class, right? Quote, unquote. Well, how could they take accounting for their learning and challenge themselves instead of sitting there and being bored. So how can they make themselves, again, not so bored? Because again, as a teacher, you guys, there are, well, for me, I have 30 plus students in my class. Sometimes it can get a little difficult in some areas to make sure that everyone's needs are being met, right? My highs are getting challenged. My grade levels are kind of getting what they need and my lows are getting what they need. My ELs are getting what they need. My special populations are getting what they need. And so sometimes it can kind of feel like a bit like a juggling act. So when you have groups that um, can kind of take accountability it kind of maybe puts the pressure off you a little bit but then again is kind of giving them the power to be successful as well which to me I think that's more important okay <laughs> sorry sorry for that side barnation um so so kind of basically one of the most important things you guys and I mentioned it kind of before is I have my kids kind of write three goals they're going to do to kind of achieve what they want at, I'm sorry, they, they set a goal, three ways they're going to achieve that at school and three ways they're going to achieve that at home. And that's just to kind of make the fe parents feel involved. Like they know exactly like, okay, Johnny says in order to work on his writing, he's going to have a have a journal at home and he's going to journal write a couple of times a week. Um, and so the parents kind of know that that's kind of how I can help them. Um, and it's something that the child obviously feels comfortable about. It's an idea that the child came up with, not me or the parent. And so it kind of, I think, feels a little heavier kind of coming from them than if it were to kind of come from me um and so one of my favorite parts too um is after they've walked the parents kind of through everything they then ask if they have any questions and to be quite honest you guys nine times out of ten they always tell say no because the kid just does such a good job explaining things and I mean, what questions could you possibly have if they tell you, hey, I'm struggling in this, but this is how I plan to accomplish it, rather than if you were the teacher kind of giving it, sometimes it can be kind of hard to speak on behalf of the student. So if they're not doing well in reading, as a teacher, you say, okay, well, and then here are some things you can do to help with reading, but I feel like it's so, so, so powerful to come straight from that student's mouth, like, yes, I'm struggling in reading, and this is what I'm going to do to accomplish that. And I'm going to make sure to work at that. So I think it's kind of sums it really all up really nicely. And by the kids writing it down and saying it and speaking it, they're already nine times more likely to actually accomplish that goal. And so again, I think it's so powerful. So after they kind of lead the parent kind of through their data, their goals, what they're going to do, um, I then kind of pull out the report card and I go ahead and I read my comments. So I, <laughs> I, I'm going to go out and say it and say I take extreme pride in my comments. I try really hard to make each and every single one of them different. Um, and the way, if you guys are curious of how I do my report card comments, um, I always start off with something positive. So I always talk about how maybe they are good speakers or very energetic or very bright. Um, I kind of try to come up with different wording for each student. And again, I'm not going to say that there's a formula, but I kind of, kind of do have a formula. So I start with something positive about, like, about them, something that they're doing really well. 
And then in a positive way, I talk about something that maybe is something that they need to work on. Like, okay, this student is really, really good at speaking and discussion-based learning. Now I'd like to apply that and have them you know, strengthen his writing-based learning. Um, and this is how we're going to do that. And that's another th- great thing that I learned too is I talk about what the thing where um, they need to work on and how we're going to work on it. So if you guys maybe have noticed a trend, that's kind of the trend because I feel like it kind of helps answer any questions. Um, I try to kind of leave behavior out of it unless it really is a bad behavior. Um, then I will address it. And usually if it is a bad behavior too, me and the parent have discussed things. So they kind of already, I guess you can say, can see it kind of coming. Um, Sometimes I'll explain why I gave a mark in an area that I did. So we have a section that's college and career readiness. I'm not quite sure how everybody else's report cards are. And so a lot of times if they received kind of a lower mark on that i'll explain why like they aren't getting the time management because i notice um they are often off task or are talking to their neighbor and so i kind of like to explain it a little bit um just so after maybe our conference if they forget or they're showing the the parent that wasn't there they kind of know um know why and so Yes, it takes me a very long time to do these. I usually start a couple weeks beforehand just so I'm done. Um, and to, because, to be quite honest, I have most of my report cards done a couple, like I said, maybe a week before they're supposed to be just so that I'm done. And I, not that I hang it over the kid's head, but I kind of almost tell them like, hey, I could easily go back in there and change certain things. Like if we're going to go ahead and change our behavior, you know, the week before conferences and my kids always laugh at me. Um, but, but I think by starting early, I am able to ensure that I have enough time to make sure these comments are, um, are unique and are special to that student. And I know kind of speaking from a parent side, no, I'm not the parent. Um, I was talking to one of my friend's moms and she was saying, you know, I really do appreciate that you do do that. I do take comments seriously. And so just in case you guys are wondering, it's kind of sometimes the only thing that parents have if they're busy or working parents. And so, yes, it takes a very long time. And yes, some of us may think that parents sometimes don't even look at it, but a lot of times it's something that they do look at and they do appreciate. And so I do really highly recommend um, making sure you focus on the positives um, to the much that you can. Because a lot of times I know report cards can get kind of negative. um, And so I think by kind of really making sure you're highlighting their strengths, um, the blow can be a little bit softer when you're then talking about their child's weaknesses. Um, because then your, the parents will kind of see like, okay, they are rooting for my kid and this is what they're going to kind of do to, to help with that. Um, okay. Sorry, that kind of went on a tangent. So what I'll do is I'll read aloud the, the comment in front of the student and the parent. So they're, like I said, very transparent. Um, I kind of treat my students like individuals and I try to teach them that independence. Like I said, fifth grade is our last year before elementary school. So I really want them to kind of take accountability for their learning process. Um, Now, here's something I'm going to tell you right now. I have 33 students. My conferences do not go more than maybe 15 minutes and that's even stretching it. So you should not be sitting there and spending 30 minutes a conference, you guys. That's way too much time. Conferences, I'm going to remind you, are not supposed to be the parents' therapy sessions. It's supposed to be you 
um, relaying the information of how their child's doing in their class. And by doing it with the student-led conferences, I feel like it kind of lets it ease like that because then the students sitting there telling their parents how they're doing in class rather than um, it coming to me. Um, and so now I'm going to go ahead and address a quick little question that someone had asked me. Um, <laughs> she was reading one of my posts that I had maybe done or something I had talked about earlier and asked, well, what do you do if a parent wants to ask you a question um, about maybe like their needs or their disability or anything like that that they didn't want to say in front of the student? Um, and so I would just... I would do this part at the end and so what I would do is I would just kind of maybe kindly have the student step out and I've had this happen maybe once or twice it's really not that strange um so I'll have the student step out um and then we'll kind of discuss really quickly um kind of what they want to talk about with the child not there and um not awkward or anything um in fact I think it usually runs pretty smoothly once we're done they kind of say their goodbyes and that's it and so if you ever needed to maybe talk about something that you didn't feel comfortable talking about with the student sitting right there, that's kind of the best kind of workaround that um, I would do with that. Okay, so now I'm going to go ahead and quickly kind of discuss the perks um, to doing student-led conferences. And I have been doing student-led conferences now for three, this is my fourth year teaching. So three out of my four years of teaching, um, I've done student-led conferences. So the only time that I didn't do it was my first year of teaching. And I feel like, <laughs> I mean, you could definitely start it, try it your first year of teaching. I don't recommend it. Um, for your first year of teaching, you're kind of barely just trying to, trying to find your, find your feet. Um, so sometimes it might be just a little bit nice just to, instead of having to prep your prep your kids. I mean, you don't really, for the most part, even know what conferences really are like. And so I think I highly recommend just doing your first year conferences with you and the parents so you can kind of see how they run, what's the routine of it, how does your school run on it, and then um, integrate the, the student-led conferences. Okay, so perks. Number one, which I've said a million times, students are accountable for their own learning. So they're not, you know, if they're not going to get in trouble, like I'm going to say, like, how can I say this? <laughs> um, they, they, they take ownership in things that they're doing. Like if I was sitting with a student and I'm talking about how, you know what, sometimes during math, I look over and they are not focused. They will sit there and they'll say, yeah, you're right. I'm not. And that's, a lot better than you know me telling the parent and then the parent getting down on the kid I think by having that kind of like open air discussion you're kind of addressing the issue and not that I'm not I'm and I'm not gonna say that all kids are liars but you never know if a kid's gonna kind of make, make up an excuse with like oh well I do that because xyz um whereas when I feel like I address it in front of the student and the parent I'm sharing my concern in a nice way like I said I, I don't say like hey Johnny is like slacking out the whole time um I put it in a, in a nicer way and they they go yeah you know I'm right and we kind of talk about like, okay well why what are th some things we can maybe work on what are some reasons as to maybe why why we find we're distracted and so I feel like I find kind of a more honest answer and it's kind of shared with the parent and me and so I know that we're both hearing the same thing um and it's just something that I guess I really enjoyed so I also feel like it adds accountability for their learning because it's kind of sharing with them the learning process like hey 
there's repercussions if you are not studying for all your tests. So if you don't study for your tests, you can't just come to me, you know, a week before and say, hey, I need extra credit or I need to make up this assignment. It doesn't work that way. You you put in the effort or you get the effort that you put in. So if you're not giving me any effort, you aren't probably going to find the best grades. And so I think for the most part, it teaches a lot of my students a very valuable lesson early on. Um, I also love how they're learning to kind of track their data and make goals. So this is, this to me, I feel like is really important in middle school and even, you know, a good skill to kind of carry on to high school because then they're kind of learning to track kind of how they're doing in class. Um, fifth grade, I know a lot of them kind of really just kind of like, oh, here or there. I mean, we do use Google Classroom, so I feel like for the most part, kids should be able to easily see like, okay, if I'm consistently getting not the best things, I'm going to have to need to change something. Um, and so that's kind of the, the, the point I want them to see with their learning. Like if I'm continually, like I said, doing well, then I'm going to continue what I'm doing. And so it's kind of using those, those data points to kind of change the way that we're behaving and the the things that we're doing and accomplishing um and i also think it's really important for kids at this age to be making goals um and like i said i call it a smart goal um it's something that's easily attainable you don't want to set a goal that's so obnoxiously impossible that you get defeated before you even try to achieve it um you want to set a goal with a time frame so okay by month three i want to be here um and so what that what that's doing it's kind of kind of driving you to to motivate it rather than uh maybe sometime this year um I'll have wanted to read a hundred thousand words and so that's kind of really not going to drive you as much it's not going to make you as determined and so that's kind of why I make sure the kids kind of set a, a time frame on it and not all things need a time frame but certain things like that I feel like I feel like they do um, okay, so the next thing is that this is the part important. So, and I feel like it, I like it because it kind of ties in with math. So yes, we're tracking data, but we're looking at trends, you guys. We're looking at graphs, like it's applying the things that we're learning in school and showing how and why graphs and data is important um, in the real world. And the best thing is we're discussing why they see what they see. So if, you know, oh... Uh, I'm constantly getting 60s on my math or I'm constantly getting 60s on my science. Hmm. And, you know, sometimes I have fifth graders that just look at me and they're like, oh, well, I'm just bad at math. Um, no, there are things that you can do so that you're, quote unquote, not just bad at math, right? Um, I was always, I always really stunk in science. I hated memorizing things. Um, and plus my teachers probably weren't as engaging as the ones that many of the colleagues that I work with today are. Um, but that, I mean, that doesn't mean you slack off because you're bad on it. I'm like, it almost needs to be that you're working harder at that. And so kind of teaching the kids that lesson. And sometimes, to be quite honest, you guys, the kids that aren't good in certain things or aren't maybe getting the highest or the best test scores are probably the ones kind of pushing it away, hiding it, ignoring it. And so if you're tracking your data and you have it all on one spot where they can see the trend of the graph, it's kind of hard to ignore. And I'm speaking from experience, you guys. I'm going to give you a quick sidebar story. And I promise, 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 I'll talk back to perks. So long time ago, I was in, when I was in fifth grade, actually, I got tested into gate math. 
Um, and the way that we ran ours is all the grade level kids would go to a, one teacher and all the gate kids would go to a separate teacher for math. Um, now this teacher just had a very different way of teaching. Um, he was very black and white and I, now that I've learned him such a visual hands-on kind of, I need to be, um, in, in as interactive as possible wasn't really doing so hot in his class. Um, and the funny thing is I remember getting not the best scores. Like I'm not even kidding you guys, like D's, F's, maybe some C's and kind of like maybe a good three or four tests. And like a wonderful student that I am, (laughs) I remember coming home and hiding my tests under the bookshelf of my of the under my bookshelf in my bedroom um and that was all good and dandy at ignoring it until my mom one day found it under the bookshelf and so we had to have a nice long talk as to uh what are all these horrible grades and mind you i was miss perfectionist and so i never got a bad grade in my life so i just thought hey by hiding it and shoving it away it never happened um and so i feel like by doing the data tracking and having all these things out in front of them in something they see kind of, you know, once every couple weeks, it's not so easy, easy to ignore. Um, okay. So with that, I also feel as though it kind of puts the pressure off you as a teacher. I mean, not going to lie as a first year teacher. And to be quite honest, even now conferences sometimes can be really scary. Um, and not that I'm not afraid to be the bad guy because I'm really not. It's just, I have no idea. You have no, really have no idea how parents are going to take certain things um and so i feel like it takes pressure off of you because again it's putting the accountability on the student um i feel like every now and then i'm not saying all parents are like this because i I do do love all the parents that i've had and i'm lucky that i haven't had one like this but i've heard stories of parents you know they like to push blame on the teacher instead of the student like oh it's not your fault johnny that you're not able to focus in class is your teacher's fault for not making your lessons as engaging right um or it's your teacher's fault for not being a good math teacher um and so i feel like by the student kind of pointing out the reasons to why they think they're not doing well on that subject again i feel like it's not putting the pointing the finger at anyone in fact it's showing kind of how we can help rather than you know playing playing that blame game um Okay, so now the ne- kind of the next perk is I feel like the students are able to kind of practice speaking and listening skills. So the speaking skills, obviously, and it's, it sounds really funny, but I can't tell you how many par- how many kids I have that are actually really nervous to speak this in front of their parents. Um, in fact, they're more nervous to they're more they're more comfortable with the practice with their with their peer than they are with doing it with um with their parent. And so I feel like it's kind of having them practice these speaking skills and being affluent with kind of showing sharing appearance how they're doing, how they're feeling and their goals. Um the listening part obviously is coming from the partner work. So by them kind of practicing with their partner, they're really practicing those listening skills so they can give a really great critique um to kind of help them um, fine-tune their speaking skills with their parent. Um, okay, so because they're in fifth grade, I also want them to be familiar with their learning outcomes. So I kind of have m- mentioned this before. I feel like by them doing this, they are able to kind of really connect the idea that if I behave this way, this is what I will get on my report card. If I behave positively, this is what I will get with my grades. And so it kind of really, I feel like, symbolizes the you get what you put in. So if you are not giving me your A-game effort, guess what? You ain't getting A's. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was really bad. 
but it's so true. Um, and so again, I feel like it kind of really helps get them familiar with, with that learning process. Um, now this part's kind of my favorite, but I feel like by them doing this activity, it's kind of training them to a, not only have a growth mindset, um, but to be able to be a problem solver and to seek help when they need to. I have a lot of students that sometimes struggle with, with searching for help or asking for help. And so this kind of shows them, like, you know, it's okay to ask for help. I have a room full of 30 students. There is no way that every single student is getting it every single time. I, there's no way I'm that good of a teacher. <laughs> no one's that good of a teacher to get it every single time, all the time. Um, and so we kind of talk about how it's okay to ask for help. Everyone needs help sometimes. And if it is something you can solve on your own, then kind of how to be a good problem solver. Like if you're not getting this, what are the steps you can do if you're at home and no one's home? Hmm. Oh, well, I can go on YouTube and I can look up math antics or I can go here and I can do that. Um, and so again, it's pushing it on the student, which that, you know, guys, fifth grade teacher, that's my biggest goal. Make you as independent as you possibly can to prepare you for sixth grade. Um, and so now I want to quickly kind of talk about something that I like to give parents before they leave. Um, and I don't necessarily give them to all I give these the, the whole packet to kind of all students, but I'll kind of highlight areas that I feel like are specific to certain parents. So in this packet, it's kind of, it's my skill building, um, my at-home skill building and my Teachers Pay Teachers. If you guys have not seen it before, I highly recommend you take a look at it. If not, just, you know, look at it and maybe kind of steal some ideas from it. Um, and what it does is it focuses on each of the different skills that I feel like kids sometimes are lacking in. So it talks about what to do at home if you aren't doing so well in math, writing, fluency, um, independence even, studying for a test, growth mindset, all these things. And it kind of shares with parents fun and different ways to maybe practice them. So Perfect example, if your student is struggling with reading comprehension, one of the skills that I have on there is that um, they read their child a bedtime story and then they kind of maybe ask them a couple questions before or listen to a podcast and then maybe kind of do a quick little discussion afterwards and kind of see what they remember. And so it's not like they're sitting there and like doing assessments, you guys. Um, it could even be just watching a TV show and then having a discussion afterwards. Are they able to listen to something, watch something, read something, and then kind of remember it to at the end to answer questions? And are they able to kind of answer in-depth discussion-based questions? And so by practicing those that way, you know, makes it a little bit simpler. Um, I also have a couple different math games that parents can play with, like playing cards, dice, um, flashcards even, um, some website-based games, um, and I even have some website-based games for writing. If you guys have never heard of Storybird, it's a really great website where kids can get on the computer, they like find images, they create stories, and if the parents want to, they can actually buy a hardbound book of their child's story. And so I feel like it's kind of sharing with kids like, hey, writing can be fun. It does not have to be work when we're at home. Um, and kind of even almost touch base with parents like, hey, just by doing these simple things, that's all you have to do is to, to build that skill. Um, and I feel like it's just kind of one of my favorites. Parents always ask, oh, they're so they're struggling in fluency. What do we do? And so I think by having just like a little packet like that, it's easy just to be like, you know what? Here are 10 things you can do, 
rather than being like, oh, well, you know, I'm the same old, same old. You can do this. You can do that because they've heard it. They probably tried it. And obviously by now, guys, by the time they come to fifth grade, it ain't working. So you got to have kind of a little bit of a toolbox to kind of um, to kind of give your parents. And so I hope I really didn't talk your guys' ear off. Um, I could really talk all day about parent-teacher conferences. Um, I really do think it's an art to, you know, being able to communicate with the parents, communicate with the kid. And honestly, guys, at the end of the day, they just want to make sure that you're looking at after their child's best interests. And so if you can make sure to kind of lay that out on the table, you'll be fine. Um, I've really never had a problem. <laughs> I mean, I had maybe one or two negative parents my very first year, and they kind of come at me like, hey, you're a first-year teacher. What do you know? And the best piece of advice that I can tell you is just kind of stand your ground Um I'm not even joking you when I say that every single parent that had kind of fired at me that way always turned around at the end of the year and they were the first ones to tell me, oh my gosh, my child learned so much in your class. And so I really honestly say just no hard feelings, stand your ground, you'll be good. Um, if there's ever any parents that you feel uncomfortable around, um, I actually had a situation, not me personally, um, that my mom was in where she had a really angry and kind of disgruntled dad that would kind of get a little in her face and a little scary um, I highly recommend that you have your principal or have somebody kind of sit in with you to kind of offer you that protection but just kind of to have somebody else there um, so yeah I guess they kind of are protection or kind of a witness they he probably won't do as much when there are two people in the room rather than if it was kind of just you and so if you are kind of put in that situation please make sure you guys you are doing the right workarounds um to protect yourself okay and i'm not saying that all parents are mean and scary 99.9 percent .9 of them are wonderful and sweet and supportive and willing to work with you but you still got those select few that sometimes like i said might come at you and I just want you to make sure that you are prepared if you kind of are in a situation or if you ever are uncomfortable um, with a parent. Um, the last thing I'm going to kind of tell you is when you're selecting your dates and your times, I say first throw out there. This is, I mean, this has always been what works best for me. I throw out my times that work best for me. Um, I commute, so I really, really, really don't like to go past four o'clock um, during the week and we have minimum days so that is plenty enough time for parents um, sometimes I will schedule outside of my week and so so say our parent conference week is from Monday to Friday a lot of times I will conference the week before parent conference week and I will do a couple morning conferences and a couple after school conferences to kind of really lighten my load for parent conference week like I said I have over 30 students sometimes that's not enough slots to kind of get it all done um, and so that kind of helps. I, again, like I said before, I have at least one conference in the morning. And so that kind of helps too for working parents and maybe can't go after school. Um, plus it kind of knocks one out for me, one extra one a day. Um, and if then, if there is a parent that comes to me and says, Hey, you know what? I, I really can't do any of their times until this date or this time then I kind of do the work around so I don't suggest you go out there and tell your parents hey tell me what time works best for you I say you give them what you have they pick and if they really doesn't work with them then you kind of work with them um I think that's kind of my last couple of tips like I said just just use your gut <laughs> 
your gut decision. Um, so that's kind of all I have for you guys today, but I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Please don't forget to subscribe, comment, and review on the podcast. It's kind of what keeps us going or keeps, keeps me going. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to email at hello Mrs. Harwick at gmail.com. You can also go to my website, hello Mrs. Harwick.com, and uh, contact me via my contact tab. You can also contact me via um, via Instagram. And hey, you know what? I'm loving all the little shout outs in your Instagram story. So if you guys really did enjoy this episode, share it in your Instagram story and I will repost for you guys. And my, my little offer still stands. Um, each week, I'm going to pick a new person, um, a review of the week. So if you leave a review and um, you write you leave your Instagram handle. I pick one random person um, a week and they get to choose anything from my store. They get it for free. Um, and so I, I hope you guys enjoy. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to say I've been really, really, really loving all the positive feedback. Um, when I had first started this podcast, I would have never kind of imagined it's gotten the pull that it's gotten. And I'm just really happy and I'm really thrilled. And I'm happy there are other teachers that kind of maybe feel the same way about me when I'm, my, they had their first year of teaching. Um, they're you know teachers that are looking for fun things in their classroom teachers that are looking for quick tips um and so i just wanted to thank you guys so again i hope you have a fantastic day i was going to give my usual ending right <laughs> if you're listening to this on a wednesday i hope you're having a fantastic wednesday and if you're listening to this any other day i hope you have a fantastic day in general um thank you for listening to the tales of teaching and you guys Keep doing what you're doing. You amazing teachers, you. So I guess this is it. Till next time. Yes, don't forget to check out the show notes for any of the links that I discussed in today's episode. If you enjoyed today so far, please share it with a friend um, because the more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in and I can't wait to see you guys next time.